Hi everyone, Andy Lockmere is here. And so I'm doing a little video. This is very off the cuff, but I just came across something super interesting. I just finished creating Advanced Beyond Holistic Medicine, my more advanced foundational course. And I've got an email that just crossed my desk that it says, at best, the future looks like medieval serfdom. And I thought, huh, okay, some doom and gloom thing. So I took a look at it and it talks about an experiment called Mice Utopia. Maybe everyone's heard about this except me. But what caught my eye is how when we're thinking about biological thinking and biological social behavior, which is what drives us and it, it's, it's what drives animals in the wild. And that's what I really, I focus a lot on that in advanced beyond holistic medicine. So this says the experiment proved that the survival of the individual and the survival of the species through procreation are ultimately the only driving forces of life. Oh, man. I mean, that brings up so many questions, doesn't it? I mean, that is what we look at when we're looking at biologically thinking, especially when we get into the territorial behaviors. So I read further. I'll include the link to this article, which is from Science History Institute. And this is called Mouse Heaven or Mouse Hell. And it's fascinating. So there's a biologist. His name is John Calhoun. And he started experimenting in 1968 by creating colonies for mice. And it was called the Mortality Inhibiting Environment for Mice. And unofficially, it was called Mouse Heaven. And it was a large pen, four and a half foot cube, and it had everything in it that a mouse could ever want. Water, food, a perfect climate, reams of paper to make cozy nests. It had 256 separate apartments accessible via mesh tubes that were bolted to the walls. And all the mice were screened to eliminate disease. And so there were no predators here. There were no other worries. So in theory, you'd think, oh, they're just going to live to old age and be happy. That's not quite what happened. So when we look at this through a Gemenishai Heilekunde lens of biological thinking and biological living, it really is fascinating. So he built 25 generations of these, literally. He had a PhD in zoology and in 1946, he joined the Rodent Ecology Project in Baltimore. And the purpose was to eliminate the rodent pests in cities. But in order to do that, they had to figure out what, what part or aspect of their behavior, of rodent's behavior or their lifestyle, did they target? Or, or was it their biology they targeted? So he set up his first utopia in the woods behind his house, because he wanted to monitor the rodents over time and see what factors drove their population growth. And then he became fascinated with rodent behavior for its own sake, and he started to create even more elaborate environments, which is fascinating. Think of building a city and having people live in it. So his most famous utopia, which was the 25th, began in July of 1968, and he put eight albino mice into a four and a half foot cube. And so three and a half months later, the first babies were born. I don't know what mouse babies are called. 
And the population doubled every 55 days after that. And it continued to climb until it reached its peak at the 19th month. And they had 2,200 mice living in a four-foot cube space. Okay. Well, okay. So the robust growth, though, kind of masked some really serious problems. It's like, what the heck? In the wild... So think of this, think biologically, think of living in the wild. Infant mortality among mice is pretty high. Juveniles get eaten by predators or it's disease or it's cold. And in mouse utopia, the juveniles didn't die very, very often at least. So there were a lot more youngsters than normal, which introduced several difficulties. Rodents have social hierarchies, just like wolves, just like humans do. They have dominant alpha males controlling harems of females, literally. And so they establish their dominance by fighting, just like the wolves, just like the deer. And so they'll wrestle and they'll bite any of the challengers. And normally a mouse that loses, so we've got the alpha, then whoever loses becomes the beta. They scurry off to a different corner and go um, in a distant nook and they try to start over. Except in mouse utopia, the losing mice couldn't escape. So they no doubt suffered a conflict shock with with that, but they couldn't go and live and start over in a different location because they're in a confined space. And so pretty soon we have lots and lots of betas in this small cube. And they were full of cuts and scars and they had huge brawls that would break out they were like vicious free-for-alls biting and clawing and there wasn't any obvious purpose to that it was just senseless mouse violence the alpha males struggled too because that well they kept their harems in their little private apartments and they had to defend off the challengers Because so many mice survived to adulthood, there were always up-and-coming hotshots who were ready to establish their territory. And so the alphas, they were exhausted. And some of them just gave up and stopped defending their apartments altogether. So what happened then? Well, the nursing females were regularly invaded by these rogue males and the mothers fought back but often to the detriment of their babies. And so some of these stressed out moms, man, I I can just feel this this mouse pain here. They booted their, their babies out from the nest early before they were ready. And a few even attacked their own young in the violence or they would abandon them and they'd just flee to a different apartment and they would leave their, their pups, I guess, to die of neglect. And so so we're seeing now deviant behavior emerged because these babies weren't raised the way they should have been raised. They didn't develop healthy social bonds because they were kicked out of the nest early. And so they struggled in adulthood with social interactions and things. So I'm looking at, oh my gosh, they constellated young. They had early emotional uh, maturity stops because of their territorial conflicts they experienced. And they would have constellated to have a maturity stop. So we have young mice constellated, young maturity stops, kind of like what's going on in our world, in our country, at least today. And so the maladjusted males, though, all these beta males, 
They took to grooming themselves all day. They would preen each other and lick each other hour after hour. And so the biologist here called them the beautiful ones. They were just trying to look pretty. If they were little right dominant mice and they had their first territorial conflict, their testosterone would go down and their estrogen go up. And now they're called the beautiful ones. And they had no interest in courting females and they had no interest in sex. So the biologist here, Calhoun, he noticed in the earlier renditions of the utopia that this maladjusted behavior, this odd behavior, seemed to spread from mouse to mouse. And he eventually called this the behavioral sink. So between the lack of sex, which lowered the birth rate, and the inability to raise the pups properly with social interaction and, I guess, mouse love and things, and that sharply increased the infant mortality. So the population in the cube started to plummet. And by the 21st month, newborn pups rarely survived more than a few days and new births soon stopped altogether. Older mice would linger for a while. They would hide like hermits um, or they would just groom themselves all day, but eventually they died out as well. And by the spring of 1973, this was less than five years after the experiment started, the population had gone from 2,200 at its peak to zero. To zero. Man, I mean, we could spend hours pulling this apart from a GHK perspective, a biological perspective. So this article goes through it from many different viewpoints, from those of conservatives to those who are liberal progressives, because each each group can pull out meaning in this to suit their own agendas. What we have to come back to, though, is that nature has our only agenda. The sentence that piqued my interest here, I'm going to read it again. I said it at the beginning. I want to read it again. The experiment proved that the survival of the individual and the survival of the species through procreation are ultimately the only driving forces of life. So take a look at this. Learn constellations. Learn about constellated behavior and maturity stops knowing that we need to take action. We need people to understand what's really going on on the planet. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist here at all. I am simply looking at biology. Thanks for joining me.